0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome into the BGN radio instant reaction show. We appreciate you hanging with us myself, Jess, Rachel, you on Twitter, the chat, hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed here to the channel as well. And a tight one came down to the wire. I think there were a lot of good things. No such thing, of course, as a moral victory. But we did want to see some sense of growth. We wanted to see some sense of continuity. And we wanted to see adjustment, even if things don't go according to plan at the start of games. And I think we saw a lot of positives despite the Chargers escaping with that last-second three-point field goal there, or difference-maker with the field goal to get the three-point victory. And you look at some good across the board. I do think, though, that there are things that will come up in this conversation that won't be just nitpicking or just negative to be negative, And it wasn't simply because they lost. Let's look at it from a couple of different ways. And, and I think the biggest thing that we've been talking about all year has been, this is not a team with playoff aspirations. So first and foremost, if this is a team where you honestly thought can win the division had any type of playoff aspirations, then yeah, I, I think you're upset about today. I, I think you walk away, probably pissed off that they found a way to lose this football game, especially the way in which Justin Herbert or that Chargers offense just kept the football all the way down the field smart to keep it away from Jalen Hurts. But in the grand scheme of things of what we finally saw last week from Detroit, and I think from myself, Jess, that the two of us having this conversation about growth and week to week and week to week. And look, you're there, so clearly I, I think it's easy to get caught up in the emotion and get upset at things. But when you come home and look back on it, Honestly, and I'm not going down the moral victory route. That's the second time I use that phrase because I want to distance myself as much as possible. But I have to say, like my stomach, I wasn't there and my stomach was turning towards the end of it. Like it felt like, you know, off the seat of my couch. We had a game. I had that tingling feel like I'm sure it was craziness down there when there was still a shot to do it. Honestly, we'll talk about some negative things, but. I felt pretty good overall from the things that we've been asking Hertz and Sirianni and ultimately this offense to see felt pretty good overall, even though they lost that football game.
2: Yeah. I think ultimately, you know, when you separate kind of looking at it from an objective point of view, as well as sort of, you know, from the fan perspective, you know, it's always disappointing to lose, but objectively, if you look at it from what we've been saying so far this season, you hit the nail on the head with all the things you mentioned the growth, the things that we wanted to see adjustments from week to week. We wanted to see some continuation in the kind of game plan that they had against Detroit. And as I was walking out of the stadium, I know I'm, I don't know how many people are are feeling the same way, but I thought to myself, okay, this is the kind of game that I was expecting throughout the season. That was the kind of performance that I was expecting. They hung in there all the way until the end. There are, there was nothing that was so egregiously, this is the reason they lost kind of thing. It's just, they were outplayed by a better football team. And that's something that I can make my peace with because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I think that their recipe for winning is Jalen Hurts throws the ball 20 to 25 times and they run the ball between 30 and 40 times. And that's not a bad recipe to win. At all. And and that's what they did today. And unfortunately, you know, there were plays left out there both offensively and defensively. Um, but you know, ultimately, like Jalen Hurts threw the ball hundred or 117 times, threw the ball 17 times today for, you know, 160 some yards, I think. 162, yeah, 162 yards. Yeah. And but then they had, you know, 176 rushing yards. So you know, and Jordan Howard, Jalen Hurts, Boston Scott, all were the ones that really contributed to that. Again, and and you know, Jalen Hurts wasn't even the leading rusher this week, so they didn't have a single hundred yard rusher, but they had over a hundred yards on the ground. They got Devontae Smith five receptions over a hundred yards, which was desperately needed for him to get involved there. And every ball that he threw to Devontae Smith was absolutely perfect. Devontae made great catches on all of them as well, and it looked easy. So. You know, I think that the the frustrating aspect to me, honestly, is still the defense because yeah. they're still the, the veterans of the group that should do a better job here and there. Um, and I understand that guys like Davion Taylor are still a project. I think my bitterness with him comes in just in the sense of like he played like under 50 football games in his entire life. And they drafted Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson, and then drafted Jalen Hurts, and then drafted this kid that's literally never played football. Um, which is just—it's
1: a rough mean, stretch, One, right? Three, I think that yes. goes
2: into it. So I think it's the defense that frustrates me yeah. more because I feel like they should be better than they are. But I didn't really have any frustrations today with the offense. I mean, there were a couple drives that you know early in the game it looked like I was going to be angry at Nick Sirianni for going back to his old ways again, but. They made the adjustment. They figured it out. They were running the ball effectively. It set up the passing game for them a little bit more. And and the, off- the offense played well for the most part. But I th- I, I thought they looked like a good, solid, young offense that's starting to figure it out. And that's all I wanted out of the season from them is them to just keep figuring it out and look like they're improving every week. And, you know, but the defense has to hold their own as well. And they did in the beginning, and it just kind of –
1: it fell. Well, here's the thing. We'll, we'll talk about the defense in a second. Cause I feel like that's going to spiral rightfully. So sure. into more of a negative conversation, but, yes. but let's ride that the high here if we can just for a second, because I think one thing that's been lacking week in and week out is the consistency enough, at least to form an identity yet. And you brought it up as far as Jalen hurts, not throwing a lot. And, and I'm with you for two straight weeks. Two completely different game scripts as far as how the game is played out. Yet for two consecutive weeks, we've seen an identity. We've seen Jalen Hurts not asked to throw the ball a ton and be the reason why they win or lose in the air. We've seen Hurts be an integral part of the ground game, but also, no matter what, not moving away from it. And I was I was kind of concerned that there were multiple points in this game where Sirianni could have just hit the eject button and been like, all right, that, that's it. Like I I felt nervous for him, not for me, but like for him, that there was going to be this moment where it was just going to be like the Raiders game. All of a sudden you pull away from it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, It's been working, but two straight weeks, the offense now has an established identity. And that's something that I think we've all been clamoring for. That makes it easier to see a loss. Now, look, Justin Herbert, that offense, they were smart. They kept Hertz off the field. That's, mm-hmm. But that's the respect I think you see. And you mentioned Devontae Smith. And look, Hertz was not terribly uh, accurate by any means in the first half. Sure. But what about the difference in the second half? Being the reason in those small sample sizes of throwing the football. And that's where I think it goes back to your point, Jess, about throwing limited throws but still being valuable in the air. Yeah. And now we have an identity. We have an identity.
2: He was extremely effective in, in the passing. It wasn't like he, he was irrelevant in, in the win today or the loss today. It wasn't like he was irrelevant on the success that their right. offense had. Um, You know, he, he put the ball where it needed to be. There was the one, you know, one to Goddard that he floated. Which, I mean, if you look back at it, he, he couldn't step into his throw and, and follow through. He would have had a hand in either Jason Kelsey's helmet um, or, or someone else's helmet there. He just couldn't follow through the way he wanted to. He couldn't put the ball directly on Dallas. He didn't really have a choice but to float it. And that was one that was a, a missed opportunity. But other than that, that was pretty much the only one. You know, one of his incompletions was when, you know, it was a, it was a blitz and he just had to get rid of the ball or he was going to yep. take a that was one of them. You know, there was one where he threw it out of bounds at one point. You know, so, you know, the, the guy had six incompletions today. And his, you know, some of his, the, like I said before, the the balls that he put on Devontae Smith were absolutely perfect. So, you know, as long as he's continuing to improve, the offense is continuing to improve. And a great point you made, forming an identity. We we've We've seen something different. Every single week. And we don't know what we were going to get from this team week in and week out. But if this is what their identity can be, they can win football games this way. Once they put it all together in all three phases of the game.
1: You know what I'm afraid of now is that they've formed an identity on defense, but it's what we saw today, right? Like it's, why Why is it so easy to throw the football? Once again, we have somebody over 80% completion. There was Good no pressure. This season. What is going on that there just is this refusal to put this type of pressure on a quarterback? And I get it. Like, Herbert can burn you, but at the same time, why take that risk of keeping Eckler, Williams, Allen, all of these guys in front of you, especially when Slay's out, it's kind of like, all right, now you're really playing ultra-conservative. And then the Derek Barnett penalty, I saw this from Jeff Always Kirk. him. Two defensive offside penalties this year, Jess, to one sack. <laughs> to one sack.
2: I just go back to the clip of Nick Sirianni where you can see him mouthing. <laughs> yes, it's, it's always, always him. him. And it is. And once it, again. It, I mean, the the things that he does positively – do not outweigh the boneheaded mistakes that he makes. I don't even know. No, it wasn't even the offsides penalty, but I. It was earlier in the game. I just get you know we we get a text in the the family group text. Time to cut Derek Barnett. <laughs> it happens at, at least six times a season. Oh, do we do we right. get that in the in the extended family group text? A, a cut Derek Barnett pops up somewhere. Oh, that's great. I mean, th- they're not going to just cut him because they can't admit defeat on on draft picks ever, but. I mean, he just, he's not good enough. And I don't know, did Josh Sweat ever come back after he limped off the field? I don't
1: think so, no. I did not
2: think he did either, which is why we saw so much of Derek Barnett. Because honestly, I would have to believe that in that situation, Derek Barnett wouldn't have been out there.
1: I'd hope so. Yeah, I, I don't you know, think
2: he I, would because I feel like we haven't seen as much of Derek Barnett's boneheadedness because he's been on the field less and less, and it's because Josh Sweat's been playing so well, and he just unfortunately got got hurt today. I think the injuries killed him a little bit on the defensive end because there was a period of time where Avante Maddox was back in the locker room. Obviously, yep. they lost Slay at one point, then then Josh Sweat went down. They were they were struggling a little bit on that on that side, but I mean that's still not an excuse for the abysmal play of the defense.
1: That's the thing. And and I saw in the chat here, we appreciate everybody popping in. Chris Clark today had me thinking, is it Gannon's scheming? Is it the D players are so bad at consistent execution, especially on that D line? Gannon doesn't trust his D line to be able to do much. I'll say this and and take a crack at that, please, Jess. But before that, I think what we saw, too, was as bad as the Chargers were talent wise on defense, they didn't feel like they wore down like it it didn't feel like they were physically worn down. They just aren't good defensively when it comes to wrapping up and, and tackling and really playing that run. Eagles, it just I, I don't know, watching that defense in the second half, it just felt like they were slowly being bled out and that that it wasn't going to stop in the sense of like they were going to no longer look like they were slow and lethargic and turn it around. So I I just wanted to offer that as kind of the backdrop of it, because I I don't think it's as crystal clear as either coach versus player, but those guys were gassed towards the end of that last drive at the very least.
2: I think you're right there, which is obviously an issue in itself. My other question I think would be who the hell is Jonathan Gannon to not trust some of these veteran (laughs) players. Like that's my question there. Like I understand that people have their frustrations with some of these players. But if they're being asked to do something like Fletcher Cox obviously, you know, made made his point a couple weeks ago that, you know, he was being asked to play in a way that he wasn't used to and for a guy that plays has played at his level for so long and been one of the top 3 at his position for so long in the NFL to be asked to play a different way, I think that's disrespectful to Fletcher Cox, which makes me pose the question, who the hell does Jonathan Gannon think he is? And it, it, I kind of, I, I, I feel like that, again, like that again in that situation. Like if someone, if they don't, if Jonathan Gannon doesn't trust someone like Fletcher Cox or the way Javon Hargrave's been playing or, you know, the, the Darius Slays of the world and some of these other veterans, right. Rodney McLeod, that have proven themselves in this league time and again, that isn't acceptable to me if if you know a guy like that who is still trying to establish his way in his position in the league like it's it's not you know you know Jim Johnson saying he doesn't trust the guys out here, you know what i mean like that's yeah. not that's not what's happening it's Jonathan Gannett who like who are you to not trust these Your job is to put them in the best position where their talent can flourish and they can be successful. And to this point, that has not been done. They did it last week against a disgustingly abysmal Detroit Lions offense. Do it again. Why are they not? Justin Herbert was hurt all week. Like,
0: go get him.
2: Go after him. I don't understand. (laughs) The Chargers are missing their top two corners today.
1: It doesn't make any sense. He can't help himself. And, and that's what I'm concerned about is it took one week for him to revert right back to this defense. And it's a pattern now where we yeah. now, what's the number as far as over, is it 75 or 80% completion percentage going up against this defense? It's it's every I mean, other we week.
2: five quarterbacks over 80. That's ridiculous. I don't know what the,
1: I'll figure but, it out. But in, in its own right, I mean, think about what's happened here is there's now a pattern That this defense has. And you're right. You've got a first year brand new coordinator telling a guy who's on a Super Bowl winning defense where this wasn't Nick Foles stepping in on that defense. This wasn't a bunch of backup line like that defense was top three to five each and every week throughout the year. And Fletcher Cox was the anchor of that. And now to your point, you've got somebody coming in trying to rework and do things differently, but it's not working. Here's the thing. It's not like through nine weeks we can turn back and say, hey, Fletch, look, I get it. Things were different under Schwartz, but look at this defense. Look at what you guys are doing under Jonathan Gannon. Look at all of the positives. There's nothing that we can point to. And to be honest, this is as close to a moral victory as you can. But then you start to look at the defense and we become enraged because as much as we're talking about the positivity, the identity on offense, it's terrible now to see that on defense. And yet yeah, Chris Clark is right. Not good when your DC is scared of getting beat by a majority of quarterbacks in the league. That's what it keeps coming back to.
2: Right. And I mean, I know people had their issues with Jim Schwartz. That man was scared of nothing. No. <laughs> like he was scared of no one. And I think that, you know, again, while, while we had our, our, our gripes with him here and there, I mean, his defenses were always productive. And, you know, there were injuries a lot of the time. And last year, that secondary was just, I mean, there were people that were bagging groceries at the store like a week prior, that week, and ended up on the field on Sunday. They were such a mess in terms of personnel. But Jim Schwartz always had a productive defense. They always, and you, you said it. The the year that they won the Super Bowl, they were the best defense in the NFL. They were the best run defense in the NFL, and they were the number two passing defense behind the Minnesota Vikings. There's a reason they won the Super Bowl. They didn't even – I mean, Tom Brady threw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl, but they they didn't win, you know? No, they, and that they, was an anomaly, was if
1: anything. Yeah. Right,
2: and that's the thing. I mean, we we talked about it earlier in the year. In, in his five years here, or four years, whatever it was, there was two games where they let up more than 40 points, the Eagles did it twice in four games, twice.
1: It's maddening to see this. It's It's, it's bad. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's so counterproductive because we know that this game is not about one area. So it doesn't matter how much this offense grows and how much Jalen hurts can step into a franchise or even Nick Sirianni picking this thing up. If this is what we're getting, from the defense week in and week out. It's just, it's not sustainable by any means. Right. and And that's gonna kill this team. I'm curious because we're going to hit Rachelle up, and I know she's been hitting Twitter left and right for responses. I think we've pretty much covered the split as far as like where the positive has been offense, game plan, execution, especially Hurts, and where our frustrations have been on defense. Do you think Twitter and reaction is going to be negative on Hurts or negative on Sirianni on this game? I, I don't know how much people could really Focus on that or why they would use like a three word response and waste it on hurts on anything negative. But I don't know. I'm always curious how the temperature is before we go there.
2: I think that the vibe that I'm seeing so far is it's it's I would say like a 70 30 towards the defense sucks. And then there then there's the people that just don't really like Jalen hurts for whatever reason and don't want hurts to succeed for whatever reason. And I mean, these are just like the idiots you have to ignore. Um, because you know, if, if people are wasting their three words response on like, Oh, Jalen hurts blows. And you're like, okay, well that's false. And you're just, bitter for whatever for whatever reason you're just mad about something else for whatever reason it might be that Um,
1: does fit the three-word criteria so nice
2: right so like that's just (laughs) you you have to like take it for what it is because there's the people that are just going to be angry um and but i think for the most part i people are really just I, i mean they're they're frustrated with the defense because the defense is just so bad and i know that people are really sick of the Oh, well, Jalen Hurts has only played X amount of games. But also, like, no one's ever this hard on a quarterback their rookie season. Ever. It doesn't happen. Even in Philadelphia, people aren't this hard on a rookie quarterback. People were not this hard on Carson Wentz his rookie year. Because there was growth to be seen. And also, there wasn't a huge frustration with Doug Peterson either, which I think helped. But yeah. there was there growth positives there was growth there were there were good things that we saw week in and week out and when they weren't going well you know there's we go back to the Cincinnati Bengals game that year like that was an anomaly that was so bad in that season but there were other games that you saw really good things from both Rookie quarterback, rookie head coach that gave you hope for what they could do. And obviously, then, you know, they come out and I know Carson got hurt, but they still don't win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz playing the way he did through 14 games. So it, you, you have to keep looking at Jalen Hurts through that lens. We don't have to keep saying, oh, it's only his 13th game, it's his 14th game. We don't have to yeah. keep saying that, but you have to look at it through this lens of, this kid, he, what is he, 23? 24? We're at the point in life where now where quarterbacks are coming out and they're younger than I am. Like, that's what I have to keep saying to myself. Like, he's, a, he's young. He's a young guy. And I understand that he played in some top college programs, but the NFL is a different animal. You have to get used to something different every week. People are smarter in the NFL and people are smarter and better than you. So there are a lot of things that have to be improved on, but. I'm not ready to just write him off based on a couple bad performances here and there. I thought, I thought he played really well today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I think if anything, and look, there's always going to be, as you mentioned, the people that are going to go out of their way to be trolls and assholes and, and everything. And we get that. But I think realistically speaking, what we've seen, and again, it goes to the two game stretch, but really in times where they've looked good or they've looked bad and, He's been able to kind of balance it out in the second half. Jalen Hurts has earned, if it's not here for whatever reason, because of the draft picks, et cetera. But Jalen Hurts has played to the level of earning a shot as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And yeah. I think that there's a lot you can build off of. Look how deadly he is. Like, it's so easy to pick up yards with him on the ground, especially when things are falling apart. And I have to be honest because I- I've been beyond negative, I think, week in and week out when it comes to Nick Sirianni, more so than anybody on the offense. But look, the past two weeks have earned him the opportunity, I think, to continue to prove that he can establish and maintain this identity to where before, I think a lot of people, and I was in this camp, were just waiting. We were just waiting with that red pen to be like, all right, hand the test in so I can fail you. Come on, hand it in. I'm ready to go, like ready to fail you. Gannon, I don't even need to see the test. No. Like the fact that he reverted back to what we saw before the Detroit game. I, I don't think he's long for this by any means.
2: I, by any yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Jalen Hurts, no matter what this season had, I think it was necessary. Jalen Hurts needed to play 16 games, assuming he was healthy he, or 17 games, assuming he was healthy, he needs the, he gets the full season. You you need to do that based on the shit show that's been the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback room for the last three years. Mm -hmm. He needed to play the season, play out the season, see what you have from there. I don't understand everybody that wants to write him off less than halfway through the season um, and just just be like, oh, it is what it is. He can never improve. He can never get better. Again, I don't trust the people that the Eagles would put around him to try to make him better. Um, That's a whole separate issue that. Requires me to have faith in Howie Roseman, which we all know I do not. Um,
1: which sounded
2: right, um, <laughs> and so I just think that you know I and I, I'm totally with you. I don't need to see anymore from Jonathan Gannon.
1: That's I've seen terrible. enough.
2: Look I've at David
1: enough. G. I, I know Rachel. I know you have some tweets here, but I, I'm curious, and if you want to pop in as well, the three of us can look at this comment because I think it's interesting. Before we get to Twitter, David G. brings up a, a very Fascinating point here that's not discussed enough about moving on. Now, again, if it's Fletcher Cox at the end of the year, we always know that they neglect the linebacker spot, regardless of how they're going to commit to someone like Singletary or even Taylor, who they have a third round draft pick invested in. The secondary is always going to be a question mark. They keep bringing in young cornerbacks, hoping that somebody's going to work out. But the bottom line, and this is what David asked, and I, I'm in full agreement here. The more you need to rebuild or retool or bring in new people, the more you have to address this defense at the end of the year, even if that does mean trading a big piece and moving on and bringing in other pieces, the less Jonathan Gannon needs to be involved, right? Like you can make the argument, okay, one person, that's it, like a backup cornerback you're bringing in, maybe, and I wouldn't want him back. Gannon's back. But if you're doing to the level of what David's suggesting and having more of a mass overhaul, then Gannon has to go. Like that's even more of a reinforcement of why he has to go.
2: They need to do a mass overhaul. They suck. Then he
1: can't be here for that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think that's fair. I think that you know, in a perfect world, Jalen Hurts would continue to improve and show you that he can be your quarterback of the future, and you use your first, your your three first round picks on. A corner, a linebacker, and probably a tackle because you're going to need someone, you know, your your offensive line is starting to age a little bit. They're starting to shore that up with some younger guys they like, but probably a tackle. And then you're going to need to fill it in a little bit with a safety in the second round somewhere, some more linebackers, and another solid defensive end. So – You know, I I think it's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to package the three firsts up and try to get a Russell Wilson or someone like that. They're not going to draft a quarterback. There's no one worth drafting at this point using any of those picks on. But in a perfect world, they would keep Jalen Hurts and he would continue to improve and that's how they would use their three first-rounders. Again, that's putting a lot of my faith in Howie Roseman to draft appropriately Mm. and make correct decisions. And I don't think he has the mental capacity to do that. But... I think that's completely accurate. They, they have to overhaul. I don't want to necessarily say overhaul at the defensive end position, because I do think they've got a couple there that they can, they just need more. And, you know, guys like, you know, you want Kayvon Wallace to be something, but you don't know. And you just, I'm tired of question marks. I think that's what I really try to say. I think I would best answer
3: David G's question. Like, I don't think the trust is there when it comes to Gannon. Like, do we want him to be responsible for these young talents based off of the grade that he's gotten so far in this season alone? No, I don't trust him if we're going to target these areas when it comes to draft for the foreseeable future for the benefit of the Eagles franchise. So it's like he needs to go, you know, if we're going to. If the priority is going to be the defense, we need someone with more experience when it comes to the defensive coordinator. And clearly that's not Jonathan Gannon.
1: It's amazing that we're in this situation. And and I think to be fair, two weeks ago we were in this situation with Sirianni asking, How the hell did we get here with a head coach that just looks lost and out of touch and really out of sync, like a step, a step and a half behind the game. Jonathan Gannon, it's not even like he's slow. It's it's not even like, you know, the dub is off if you're watching a movie by like a half a second where Sirianni was just slow to catch up. It feels like Jonathan Gannon, it's it's like playing a completely different audio track to a movie, like a cartoon movie behind a Vin Diesel movie. It, it's like, it's completely lost. And, and I don't know how we got here. I don't know how Jonathan Gannon fooled somebody to get this gig, but for him to go back to what we saw today, it's a head scratcher. And I don't know how drastically it changes to come back. And that's where I think I imagine the majority, if not all, of the dis- disappointment to disdain and anything in between is focused, I'm sure, on Twitter, right, from the a defensive side point on with Dan, Yeah. A lot
3: yeah. of it. It's, majority of it is focused on the defense. Like you guys were talking about, a lot of it. A few of um, the comments are sprinkled in about her, just because they're going to be there. But majority of them are focused around the defense, and rightfully so. So, um, let me see what someone. I can't oh. wait because defense. here's the thing. Okay, keep going, and then I'll go. I'll follow up.
1: Oh no no no! Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in.
3: No, you're good. Um, so- no, I was just gonna say this one says. Like defense sucked today, which we knew was coming. Fire again and now. So they're clearly back. Last week, we didn't really see any of the fire anybody. Okay, they're back this week. So fire again and now. We see um, no sacks today. I've seen that one a lot going around. Do we have a sack today at all? Were, nope. there... Were they
2: even quarterback close? two okay. pressures and 31 dropbacks?
3: So yeah, no, no. a so had to. More...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
2: right. That's
1: right.
2: I have this like vision in my head of Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz, like watching games together on Sundays, like drinking beers and laughing to themselves. And I really hope that they are doing that or they do that at some point because I think they would have a really good time. And I just I just it's like a funny mental image that I just imagine happening because I think that they should like I just see I just see them like sitting there like hands on their belly. With a beer and like they see something just so unbelievable, like like that uh the penalty a couple weeks ago against the Raiders that that uh, Nick Sirianni accepted instead of declining that let them leave yeah. down instead of taking fourth down and then just being like <laughs> and like cheersing their beer. Yeah. I just I just think it, it's a really funny mental image, but I I don't I don't understand how either of them fooled anybody into giving them their jobs at this point.
1: I don't get it. No, it's craziness. And to be fair, both of them did everything they could to get out of here. Schwartz turned down more money and Peterson sabotaged his exit interview. So I think you may be closer for that dream to be a reality than you think, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
2: Jim Schwartz was in the NFL for how many years? I guess he's, he went back to the Titans, didn't he? He's like working with them a little bit, but he was like, I'm going to focus on my health. And I'm like, oh, sure. Where the Eagles pulled an weekend. Urban
1: Meyer. Russell, like, really?
2: Imagine be, just being like, yeah, I've been in the NFL for 40 years, but uh, y'all did me in.
1: Like, Seriously. <laughs> I don't want to yeah.
2: be here anymore. <laughs> though, yeah.
1: No, you're right. You're uh, right. Do, what about some positives with Hertz or Sirianni? Because as much as I love – and what I was going to say before uh, we jumped in with that side is I imagine that the negative and the negative energy is going to be reinforced even more so on Gannon because, to be fair, it can't go on the offense. So mm-hmm. it's like normally maybe that stuff split and you're not as mad on the defense because you have to expend your energy, you know, evenly here. In this case, it's just a home run smash on Gannon. But I do imagine people were positive with Hertz and, and at least Hertz and Sirianni, I'm sure. And Devontae Smith, who's yes. been targeted a bunch. I know Detroit was kind of an anomaly, but great to see him get in the end zone as well.
3: Yeah. I saw best Hurts performance. So that is like a huge, pivot compared to some of the stuff we've seen in the past. Um, Hurts looked fine. That's pretty positive. They're not going, you know, just down his throat the entire time. Devontae equals hope. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty, that's probably one of the best ones I've seen today. Devontae equals hope. So if he can continue to get targeted like he's been getting targeted in today's performance, then I think we're fine offensively it was entertaining.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was. I, I'm, I'm telling really you. Lost by 30 still be
1: like 30.
2: But yeah. Yeah. They're not, they're not super bad today. My, my personal favorite is the one that says effing Derek Barnett.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> uh, He's going to
1: be the target of so much. And I, I don't know. He can't help himself.
2: No. He, just, he can't I, help
1: himself. I know. That's the thing. Like, To your point, if Sweat's out there, that he's not out there. So, how many times do we see somebody come in, limited? Like, I thought that was going to be, you know, McPherson stepping in for Slay. And I'm thinking, all right, this is a moment where the broadcast is going to go crazy guy coming in cold, huge play. And with Barnett, it's the complete opposite where, all right, kid, you got an opportunity now to do something. And instead, you do exactly what everybody thinks you're going to do, which is screw the hell up.
2: Yep, he did. Yep, he did. It was Yeah,
1: MK hot. on the chat, by the way, says, don't forget Rager, one catch. I think Jalen Rager has been effectively taken out of this offense.
2: Yeah, that one catch was ugly. He lost not the arm. Yes. It was ugly. I was like, what are you
3: doing? Why are you running backwards? Forward.
2: Go forward. Go yeah. forward. He's not, I mean, he's not Deshaun Jackson. No. He's <laughs> no. He's not. Only Deshaun and LaShawn McCoy, to a, a, an extent, could do those things. I I want Jalen Rager to do well. I do. I want him to be successful so badly, and he makes it so hard sometimes. And I And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think that – I know that everyone's still frustrated about the Justin Jefferson thing, myself included. I don't know if I'll ever get over that. That's not to say that Justin Jefferson would be any better – in this situation than Rager would that's assuming everything else last year happened the same. You don't, I still don't think Justin Jefferson is the guy he was last year in that Eagles locker room in, in the Eagles offense. And I don't know if he's, you know, I don't, I I don't, I think he's more talented, but I don't know how much better he actually would be just given the situations and the offensive coordination. I don't think it would be any
1: better. That's fair. We came no, back I, to
2: that, though. That, that, would be that? that would be better than, than J.J. Arthago whiteside I would <laughs> yes. be better than J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Yes,
1: absolutely. All right. Winding down, I did see that comment from Sam on the chat. Pass, Herbert passed for 84%. Opposing quarterbacks feel no pressure. That's the theme, I think, that we continue to take in here to next week. And if there's anything else, Rachel, that you want to hit before we get out of here on Twitter... By all means, we can jam that in here as well. But I'll just leave you with this thought when it comes to the, this coming week, which is the quarterback that they're taking on this coming week is the guy that can pass for 84% no matter what. So he's deadly accurate from short to mid range. He doesn't throw the ball, extend the ball deep downfield in Bridgewater. This is like the worst possible scenario where Bridgewater could go like 35 of 35 for like 210 yards and still not even torch him, but enough to not turn the ball over and score a couple of times. So that that's a major theme I think we take into this next week, which is, hey, th- this is not this issue is not going away on defense. That's all.
2: Yeah. The co- opposing quarterbacks feeling no pressure is such a good point. I think they're they're just out there like playing catch and having a good time.
3: Especially when Justin Herbert wasn't performing like himself. I think this performance, like coming back today, he's probably like, Oh, I'm back, you know? Because he wasn't looking yeah. great. These and last they lost back.
2: their last game before the bye and then lost Please. right after the bye. They were riding a two game losing streak. He had an injured hand all Please.
3: week. I mean, it just, so it would be insist. But or I did. Have have not going Come play the Eagles and you'll be fine. There you go. Act maybe clearly. Um, I had a positive one, some yes. positive one to end off on. This <laughs> one says, We're getting there with the sad emoji. So it's okay. not really terrible. They're trying <laughs> so yeah. hard to be, trying to be positive. They're trying to be positive. And somebody said, Most encouraging loss. The offensive. I think,
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah. I could take that. Yeah. That's probably one of the best things to end on right there. That Most encouraging loss. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We saw an identity on offense, and Mm -hmm. I just think we've all come to grips with what's happened on defense, which is it's not going away until the guy in charge goes away, unfortunately. All right. Well, look, we'll see what happens next week. Same time here following a later game. We have you covered the BGN Instant Reaction Show here on BGN Radio. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button and subscribe as well. Hopefully, we'll see things change for the better on defense. Hopefully, we can talk about a victory against the Broncos next week. First and foremost, thanks for hanging with us today. Thanks to Jess. Thanks to Rachelle. Thanks to you all out there, really, for being a part of this. We'll see what happens next week. Have a great week, and go Birds.